Amen. Thank you, dear Brother Tom. <clears throat> always like it when members of the church ask me questions on the scriptures. Gets my mind to thinking and gets us on the same page that we could discuss and talk about what's on their mind and maybe the Lord will bless me to see some things in it. I've had people ask me about scriptures in the Bible that they are <clears throat> confused about. And I'll say I'll do my best. Uh, I may be worse confused than you are. I've had people try, when people ask, would you preach on a particular verse or a subject? I like that too. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. Every time someone's asked me to try to speak on a subject, and I did, the Lord blessed that sermon 100% of the time. I think it's a good thing to do. Brother Sonny even asked me to preach on a subject on Facebook. <clears throat> I remember that too. He asked me, he said, study on this on Facebook. I said I would, and then he invited everybody out to the camp meeting to come hear me preach on that. <clears throat> I guess I'm preaching at the camp meeting. <laughs> and I did. I think the Lord, well, I gave all the glory to the Lord for that. Brother Eric uh, Fredericks there at Laverne asked me to talk or try to study. He had a question. His question was on Psalms 32. <clears throat> and I tried to study on it. I tried to preach on it last Sunday. And I thought I might try to speak on it today. But things got changed, I trust, by the Lord. His question was on verse 3, when I kept silence, my bones waxed old through, the roar, for through my roaring all the day long. He asked me what that meant. <clears throat> After I was finished, he said, that'll do. <laughs> I'm satisfied. Now, I'm not going to talk on verse 3 today. As I was reading Psalms 32 again, um, I looked at it, I found a different verse that, that jumped out at me. That if the Lord uh, would bless, this is verse 7. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Selah. That means to stop, rest, contemplate on what you just read or what you just sang, this being a song. Stop and think. When you see that, that's what you need to do. Stop, think, meditate, consider what was just written. Thou art my hiding place. Maybe think of two uh, songs we have about hiding, the Lord hiding us. Maybe think about most of the time that hiding place is associated with a rock. Original words of Rock of Ages, which we have in our book, it says Rock of Ages... Cleft for me, hide me, 
hide me. Safe indeed. Ours is the only book that I've seen that those words too, that I know of. Most of the time, we'll read, let me hide myself in thee. I like it better. Yes, we want to hide in the Lord, but we need to understand that it is God that does that. And the God gets the glory for that. We desire the blessing. A hiding place. I think of a safe place. Brother Tom mentioned that, that we're here, we're away from the troubles of the world. We're in a place of peace, a quiet place. David wrote a lot about safe places, talked about shelter, a covert, a shield, Fortress, rock, talked about a lot of those things. He's talking about it here. He says, God, you are my hiding place. That's where we can escape the troubles of this world because we are troubled on every side. I think in that hiding place, all the things that he mentioned comes follow suit, you're, you're going to preserve me from trouble. Troubled on every side, but I'm preserved from that now because you are my hiding place. In fact, quite, quite the opposite of trouble. He said, I'm encompassed about. I'm surrounded by songs of deliverance. Not oppression, not fright and scary things, not doom and gloom, but deliverance. Deliverance from all those troubles. Now, I believe there are times that we have with the Lord that we can call that a hiding place, our prayer closet. Times of meditation, conversation, fellowship. But I believe that the greatest place of hiding in this world is where we're at right now in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, the Lord's got to be with us. The Lord's not with us. It's, it's no hiding place. But when the Lord's with us, we're in the Spirit. Uh, we don't think about what's going on out in the world. I've had it where it just seemed like time just stood still. Not a thought of trouble entered my heart. But I was lifted up, edified, and brought into a high place. And it's the safest place in the world. In the house of God. When God's here, trouble can't get to us because he's our protection. We're surrounded. Songs of deliverance. We sing about it. We rejoice in it. We try to preach about it. And then we meditate on it. 
What a wonderful place that the Lord has built for us. The church. What a wonderful, wonderful place that we've got. As Brother Tom prayed, those who can't come. They would have the memories of coming back in the former days. My grandfather was a preacher. Preached for many years, but at the end of his life, he had Alzheimer's. He was in a nursing home. I've told this story. I like telling it. And I visited him one time, and I said, How you doing, Paul? Paul, he said, I was at the association last weekend. Oh, what a wonderful meeting. And getting ready for the fifth Sunday meeting coming up. There wasn't an association, and there wasn't a fifth Sunday meeting, but he was there. And I think he found a hiding place. And a place where, where he was wasn't a hiding place. But he was with the Lord. Thou art my hiding place. This expression is mentioned four times in the Bible. Twice in the book of Psalms. And twice in the book of Isaiah. In Psalms 119... Way over in the 104th, well, in the 113th verse of Psalms 119. David writes, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. I church right there in my opinion. Brilliantly displayed and depicted as David talked about. I've got a shield. I've got protection. I've got thy word. No vain thoughts. I hate vain thoughts. I do too. I get tired of it all the time. Tired of reading about it. Tired of hearing people's opinions out in the world that just drag you down. I hate vain thoughts. But thy law do I love. I want to hear the word of God. I want to hear good news from a far country. I don't want to hear popular opinion, conventional wisdom, good politics. That's an oxymoron, by the way. I don't want to hear any of that. I don't want to hear about the headlines. I don't want to hear anything except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's it. That's what we got. Life would be a sorry affair without the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a lonely life we'd have. I think we'd find a way to have it. <laughs> we would assemble. Missed it during the quarantine. Missed it terribly. My soul was starving to death. I was at home with my family, but I was lonely. Because I was not with my Lord. And I got scared and frightened. More so than usual because I did not have that shield, that protection, that place of refuge and rest that we find, my beloved friends, in each other with the Lord. I'm glad you picked that psalm, Brother Scott. Thus may we abide in union with each other and the Lord. That's a good union, my friend. That's an old union, Brother Sonny. 
That's a good, that's wonderful to have. That's the refuge. That's the hiding place. It's not like the world can't see us. They can go by and see this building. They can get, go on that road and see, see it, see the cars. But we can't see the world. That's what I like. They may not see what we're doing. They may not understand what we're doing. But the hiding place is in the strength of the power of God and His shield that, that it, is, it is a dome of protection where the arrows of the wicked one cannot penetrate and it's where the discouraging news is banished and all is encouraging and all is lovely. It's a pleasant place. It's a how lovely the place. Now, let's look at the verses here in the book of Isaiah. You've got to be careful when you read about this in Isaiah 28. That's where I'm going. I'll wait till Brother Tom turns to it. <laughs> you should have said, don't ever tell preachers about something, Brother Tom. They'll come back to haunt you. He didn't like it when we don't wait till y'all get to the place. So. He's there. All right. <clears throat> Love you, Brother Tom. Isaiah 28 is well known because it has that, that expression that we love. I'll read it. I'll read in verse 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge? <clears throat> and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. Here a little. There a little. <coughs> like that. I thought that was the only text in Isaiah 28. I thought that was verse 1 and that was the last verse. No, no, it's not. He actually quotes it again in verse 13, that same expression. Then in verse 14. Listen to this very carefully. Wherefore, hear the word of the Lord, ye scornful men, that rule this people which is in Jerusalem. Alright, so he's not talking to the church. And he's not going to talk about the church. Here's what he's saying to these wicked, scornful leaders in Jerusalem. Because ye have said, we have made a covenant with death. And with hell are we at agreement. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come unto us. For we have made lies our refuge. And under falsehood have we hid ourselves. <clears throat> oh, they got a hiding place, don't they? Wicked got a hiding place? Really? Is that going to work? We already know it's not. But look at the foundation of the hiding place of the Lord, of the, of the world, excuse me. 
We've got a covenant, but it's a covenant with death. There is union. Thus may we abide in union. But the union is withheld. There's trouble coming. We know that. But it's not going to reach us. Because we've got a refuge. And the refuge is lies. That's the world, folks. Walk away from here. Leave off following the Lord. Turn to idols. There's your hiding place right there. We've hid ourselves. And the Lord says, looky here. Therefore, thus saith the Lord. Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. That means, in my little definition, if you are a believer in the Lord, and you love the Lord. And you see this about the Lord. You're going to be guided with judgment, wisdom, and you're going to have a safety around you that you do not have to escape to get away from trouble. These folks are going to have to make haste. They think, yeah, we see, we know trouble's coming, but look at this hiding place we got. I guarantee you, when it came, they made haste. They ran. And where are they going to go? We know there's trouble everywhere. We live in the world. We're not of the world. But we live in it. But on the blessed day, the first day of the week, on the Lord's day, I've got to run. I'm running straight to the church. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to stay here and I don't ever want to leave it. Because where else can we go? He has the words of eternal life. He keeps reading. He keeps writing. Judgment will I lay to the line and righteousness to the plummet. And the hell shall sweep away the refuge of lies, and water shall overflow the hiding place. Their hiding place. We're going to hide in our lies. You can't touch us, we're going to lie about it. You can't convict us, we're going to lie about it. We've got a covenant, we've got a promise, we've got an agreement. We've got representation. It's the devil, it's hell. We're all in unity. We've got everything that the church has right. It's a counterfeit. Satan likes to counterfeit God and he likes to beguile people by his subtle craft into thinking that they're all right when they're not all right. And it's not all right and it's not going to be all right. But when we come to this 
cornerstone, this precious cornerstone laid in Zion, this house of God. We know we're not all right, but God has made us right. And God is right. And he says, I'm going to measure you. I'm going to lay that line. I'm going to measure you out. I'm going to, I've got the plummet here. You're uneven. You're not sound. You don't have a cornerstone that's going to stand. It's going to fall. I say, Lord, you lay the line here. Run that line. Because you're running it from the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. And it's straight. And it's true. He says, your covenant with death shall be disannulled, and your agreement with hell shall not stand. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, then ye shall be trodden down by it. From that time, from the time that it goeth forth, it shall take you. For morning by morning shall it pass over, by day and by night it shall be a vexation only to understand the report. Just even hearing about it is a vexation. It's troubling. But to experience it, friends, that's what you get. Leave the wedding feast, you're in wailing and gnashing of teeth. You're in outer darkness. You're untethered. You don't have any support. You have no foundation. Call, just fill in the blank, it doesn't matter. If it's not the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's not the house that he built, where can you go? What do you have? What's there? Nothing but fear, trouble, scourge is going to come. It's going to pass right through you. It's going to pass over you. On you, you're going to be surrounded by warfare, trouble. Cling to that rock. Don't let it go. He says, for the bed is shorter than the man can stretch himself on it. And the covering narrower than that he can wrap himself in it. I spend the night with somebody. They had more company than they expected since I was young. They put me in the little baby room. They did that to me. Can you believe that? The nerve of these folks. You can't sleep in a short bed. <laughs> You're going to wake up tireder than when you started. <clears throat> I've been, <clears throat> I've learned to ask this when I spend the night with folks. Where do you keep the extra blankets? I've learned to ask that. Sometimes they'll give you a little something or another and you freeze all night. I, 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 like, to have a, I like to have some support on me. So where do you keep them? I'll find them. I'll put them on. That's what life, that's just the comparison to a life that is without the Lord and without the church and without this hiding place. There's no rest. Nothing but just nervous agitation and vexation. And then he goes on. Then he's going to turn and he's going to talk to us. He's talking to them. That's what they get. But he's going to talk to us. Now, 
I'm going to turn to Isaiah 32. This is written for us. In Isaiah 32. Behold, a king shall reign in righteousness, and princes shall rule in judgment. That's good. And a man shall be as a hiding place from the wind, and a covert from the tempest, as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. Now, you know why these hiding place songs hide thou me. Sometimes I feel discouraged. Oh, thou blessed rock of ages, hide thou me. That's why they're all tied to the rock. That rock is Christ. It is a weary land the hiding place is in. It is smack dab in the middle of this noisy, confusing world. Where did it come from? It came from God. How did it get there? He built it. What's it doing here? It's for you. What do you find in there? Rest for your souls. Escape from trouble. A shadow of a great rock hides the, the heat, the oppression, the rays that the world is bringing down. It's a, it's a, it's a shadow. It's shade. A great rock in a weary land. The great rock doesn't make the land unweary. But it makes the weary unweary. And that's why it's talking about a man. A man shall be as a hiding place from the wind. That, that's Christ. A covert. That's shelter from the tempest. It's the storm cellar. It's protection. In a weary land. There's the rock of ages, my beloved. It's it shadow is protection. It is, it is the rock that is higher than I. It is Ebenezer, the stone of our help. It is the rock that was struck. Water comes out to feed the thirsty. Some, sometimes the water comes out when we don't deserve it. You say that's all the time. Well, Moses made a mistake the second time, but water still came out. Because God will feed His people and God will watch over you. Now I'm thankful that the success, if I may use that word, of our worship and of our church is not dependent on how good I preach. We're doomed if that's the case. How good I pastor. How good I live. God cares for His people. And there's sometimes, like we said, a lot surprises the Christian while he sings. It's the Lord who rises with what? Healing in his wings. That's, that's the, his rays from the S-O-N that is coming down and healing us and giving us a restoration. 
I like what Moses said. Interesting studies to compare the song of David to the song of Moses. There's a lot of comparisons that I found. One of the comparisons is they both mention a rock. Moses in his song said their rock is not as our rock. The world has a church, friends. Now, I'm not talking about the, all the non-primitive Baptist churches. I'm talking about a place where they worship false gods, where there's a place of idolatry. It could be a football stadium. It could be a rock concert. It could be a family reunion. I'm stepping on all my toes, by the way. It's a place where people worship things they shouldn't worship. And it's a place where we put things ahead of what should be the head. Okay? It could be you're worshiping a false god like they did. Like Dagon. They're wrong. They got a rock, but it's not like ours. Our rock is strong, powerful, secure. Our rock is the true rock. One of my favorite characters in the Bible is a woman named Hannah. Her story is just beautiful and precious. She desired to have children, couldn't have any. She went to Jerusalem. She went down in prayer and she poured her heart out to God. And she was very careful not to blame God for her calamity. She gave God glory. She asked her request. But before she got to that request, she said this, Neither is there any rock like our God. Then she made a request. Lord, if you give me a child, a son, I'll give him back to you. And she did. That son's name was Samuel. God gave her five more children. The Song of David. Who is a rock? Save our God. Now David gets right to it. Yeah, they got their rocks. Yeah, they got their hiding place. Yeah, they got their places where they go to. But it's not. They're not that. There is only one hiding place. There is only one true rock. That's God. The rock of ages. And I've heard a lot of sermons. And I've tried to preach some. And I always enjoy them. Always enjoy them. Preachers, I'm going to talk about this rock. I'm going to talk about that. There's a lot of... And I like rocks. Y'all know that. I'm a rock hound. But I have been waiting for a long time for somebody to preach on a particular rock. And I guess I'm going to have to just do it. There is a rock mentioned in the Bible. Now, I've never heard anybody preach on it. The name of rock is Etam. E-T-A-M. Y'all ever heard of that? 
Ring any bells? Well, let me tell you about it. It's in the book of Judges. Talking about a man named Samson. Samson had great strength whom God gave. And his strength did not lie in his hair. It lied in his obedience. When he disobeyed God, she cut off his hair. But it's his disobedience caused him to lose his strength. At any rate, he fought the Philistines one time. Caused a lot of trouble. And then he went to this rock called Etam. E-T-A-M. And I looked up that word and it means an irie. Then I had to look up that word. That word is an eagle's nest. It's a tall place where eagles would build a nest, have their young, wing their young, teach them to fly. There's a lot, lot going on there. It's a high place. The Irie. Etam. He, he went way up this mountain. They said it was kind of a rock that was on top of a mountain. A rock on a rock. Kind of makes me think of the Lord's. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's the mountain the Lord is built on the mountain. Goes up this rock. Way up high. It was, it was just, uh, just this big, big, huge chunk of, of granite. He sat on top of it. And he's just looking at everywhere. And the Philistines came down there. They're like, we're going to get him. We're going to get this guy. And they're shaking their fist at him. They're yelling at him. He's just sitting up on this rock, just, just, just humming, a, humming a tune, having a good time. As long as I stay up here, I'm safe. Finally, the Philistines went to get, go to the Jews, and they said, well, you know, this guy is bothering us, and if you don't take care of him, we're going we're gonna to kill every one of you. So the Jews, they get a few men, they climb up this mountain, <clears throat> climb up, they get up and they're looking at, here's Samson, up on that rock, and they say, look, Samson, if you don't come down and allow us to deliver you to the Philistines, they're going to kill all of us. And they go back and forth, and finally Samson says, all right. I'll go with him. They, they bound him with rope. They let him down. He gets down. They say, here he is. They deliver him. Now, Philistines got Samson. They're mortal enemy. And it says the ropes were like flax in the smoke. Just boom. He, like Superman. Just breaks those bands. He finds the skull, the jawbone of an ass, and he kills 1,000 Philistines. And you know what he said when he did all that? He said, I just killed a thousand Philistines. <laughs> That's a good joke, isn't it? He really said that. What did Samson say when he killed a thousand Philistines? I killed a thousand Philistines. <laughs> what did he say next? I am thirsty. <laughs> no, this really happened. This is really in the Bible. Check it out. And then he gets an impression. Take that jawbone. You take, 
This is not a joke. This is all in the Bible. He takes the jawbone. And water comes out of it. I hope that water cleaned all the blood and everything off. He takes a drink from it. And he drinks and he drinks and he drinks and he drinks. And he's satisfied. And he goes right back up to that rock again. My friends, I'll tell you what. Here's, here's the point I want to make and I'll close. We can't stay in the church forever. We can't live together. We can't, we can't. We've got to get back out there. We've got the Philistine. We've got to face the Philistine. We've got to face the trouble. We've got to go to work. We've got to pay the bills. We've got to raise the kids. We've got to do this and do that. But just staying up on that rock for a little while will strengthen us that we can go down and God will give us whatever to slay whatever enemies out there. He'll take care of it. And then even in that, He'll give us a drink from it. And He'll give us rest from it. And He'll say, now get back up there again on that rock and you'll be able to face another week. Face another week. Face another week. Put enough of those together, you can face a lifetime. Put enough of that together. My friends, you look back and say, Lord is good. What an abundant life I've had. You put all that together, you can say the only thing better than this is where I'm going, heaven itself. Amen, that's where I'm going. I'm going right up there. Thank God that he laid in Zion a cornerstone. Thank the Lord for this rock, this shadow of this rock in a weary land. Thank the Lord for this Ebenezer, for this rock of ages. Our hiding place. May God bless you. Thank you all very much. May the Lord bless you. Hope, hope this was all right. We'll sing a hymn at this time. Let's, Brother Sonny, you've got something to say.